This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. Good evening and welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It's the new manager special. And as so, it happens to be a Friday. Bez is working down sponsors Johnny's Bar. So I'm joined by the B team that have had six too many GNTs. Steve, how's it going? I'm good, thanks. I said to you earlier, me, you and Andy, the Nathan Smith of the podcasting game, were always available. Never let the side down. Steady performers. Yeah, well, that, that's, that's usually the case. But um, even Andy's had it off bottle of red tonight, aren't you? So... Um, it's more more like a third. I'm looking at it now, and no, I've, I've charged my glass a couple of times, but I'm, I'm nowhere near halfway. But um, I'm celebrating tonight. I'm celebrating not losing my keys. Thought I'd lost them and I found them, so I'm I'm absolutely buzzing for that. Yeah, it's proper pro- proper adult problem, there, isn't it? I think it is. Keys. I was just walking to uh, the shops and. Felt in my pocket and no keys, and that's not like me. I'm I'm very. I've got a bit of an OCD. I've got a bit of a pocket regime when I leave the house. I was saying earlier, so um, got let back into the flat and found them just sitting there on the side. I was delighted because I thought I'd lost them somewhere on the pavement between um, Aldi and uh, my place, but I haven't. So delighted. Don't have to fork out for uh, the locksmiths or whatever. Get a copy of the keys. Buzz in. There we go. And then, then, then you, you get home from work. You find your keys, and then you find a new manager at, at the home. Well, new manager. Yeah, we'll say new manager. It's, it is now the official title. Is at the home. So that is what we're going to discuss. And let's put put it out there. Um, I said. No to Andy Crosby when we spoke about it beforehand. I'm not going to turn around and say I'm delighted by the appointment, but at the end of the day, 
Bale could have hired anyone and we accept it, we move on. We see we see he's now got time to turn it round. For me, signings will be a key thing. But Steve, um what what boat are you were you in before and where where do you sit now? I was in the same boat as you beforehand. I was worried that Andy Crosby was a safe option, that it wouldn't be good for season tickets. It was an unambitious management appointment. But I've seen the stuff from Connor Hall and Pope and other people. I'm starting to come around to the idea a bit more. I don't know about you, Pear, but I think this is slightly different than the Vales tried and tested of player, ex-player, assistant who was a player, and then promoting them a bit like Dean Glover and Foyle and stuff. I think it is a bit different to that. And I've listened to his interview and I've read it and I've read the Baggers transcript and he does come across really well. So as I said to you, Pear, we I think we all agree on this. We don't support Daryl Claw, we don't support Andy Crosby, we don't support Norman Smithwaite. I support Port Vale and whoever Port Vale manager is, especially at the start, I'm gonna be right behind him. Obviously after two games if we shit, I'll be calling for his head. But you know, at the start, gotta give him a chance and get behind him. So it's Andy Crosby's black and white army for me. Yeah. Where where are you, Andy? Now it's been announced. Um Steve's mentioned Dean Glover, and I think he's the gold standard, isn't he, of um, <laughs> unimaginative um, managerial appointments. And I don't think Andy Crosby's a, a Dean Glover. I don't think he's a sort of a, a yes man or a, just a, a, a lazy appointment. However, I do think that we weren't ever going to be looking at anyone else after Clark went. Crosby did a, a decent job last season. Um, he's won one game it's difficult to know in either of those situations what he could have done to put his own stamp on it I mean he was just holding the four last season last four games of the season what can you really change this season and maybe we'll see what it is he can do when it's his job permanently um, the season that's coming so um, I'm not massively underwhelmed in the same way as I have been when we've appointed assistant managers before. But, yeah, I think I'm like Steve. I think I'm just warming I'm warming to the idea. And given we can't really help it now, we've just got to sort of get on with it and um, and just, for want of a better phrase, get behind him. Yeah, I think... For me, in in what you've just said, I think that that's how, that's how I feel. I think you you look at it and go, do you know what? You can be critical. I've seen a couple of people say, "Oh, Flickcroft, yes, man," and stuff like that. And you can be critical and think that. I think you've got to give him a chance now. We've got to see what he's actually about. When I first saw it, I was like, "Here we go." Now, now I've listened to him. And this is obviously like anyone, anyone can give a good interview, but now I've listened to him. He said a couple of really good things in the BBC Radio Stoke interview. Um, the Vale one, I thought, was just much of a muchness. It was just, hi, I'm Andy Crosby, I'm your manager. But the Radio Stoke one, I thought he was quite cutting in that with some stuff. Um, have you both listened to that at all, Steve? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I agree. I haven't. He, no. he, called, he, called, he came across... Not more focused, that's the wrong word. 
a bit more ruthless. He has a reputation for being a really nice guy, doesn't he? And everyone speaks well of him. But he came across as a, a guy who has served his time, his apprenticeship as an assistant. This is his chance. He's ready to take it and he'll do what it, he needs to do to make it a success. And I think that some of the players are in for shock. And we go back to the end of the season. The back three picked itself. He didn't have many options. Arguably, our best midfielder is injured, Garrity. He was stuck with, you know, Mal Benny, one wing back, and his options were fantastic. So, while I'm not a fan of 3-4-3 and he was playing players out of position, I think he deserves a chance. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he shapes his own squad. And I am dead interested to see the type of player he signs, the profile of them, and how he wants us to play, because we don't know whether 3-4-3 is his thing or whether that was the players he had that made him play that way. So I'm I'm interested, in, and I'll go back to what Connor Hall said, what a decent guy, wasn't a good coach. So, well, it's a gin talking, but I'm more positive than I was at three o'clock when, when it was announced. What yeah. I will say is that he has spoke well in interviews before. He's got what you, I suppose he's got leadership um, characteristics. You know, he comes across as, as a leader. He's, you know, we've had coaching staff in the past who probably we've only really, you know, wouldn't be anywhere near as if they hadn't played for us um, in, in the past, you know, ex-players who've, who've just ended up on the coaching staff. And Crosby has more about him than, say, your Dean Glovers, your Mark Garou's, players, uh, ex-players like that who've gone on to become coaches. So I'm, yeah, I, I, he's always impressed me when, when he's spoken, Andy Crosby. And I get the impression that he's not just a coach. He's actually got those sort of leadership and management, man management um, skills about him to, to to make the step up from from a number two to a proper manager. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think from the from the radio Stoke one, I know Andy, you've not listened to it, but a couple of quotes that jumped out at me. Um, he was asked about what what an Andy Crosby team is. And he said he's looking to be more athletic, more physically bigger and stronger, more experienced in certain positions and score more goals. Now, I don't know. I don't know if anyone can disagree with any of that statement. I think we've all at at times this season said we need more height. We know that we've been weak at times. And I think is that is that a man saying the right things or is that pointing out the obvious? What does that, Steve? Where where did you sit when he was saying them things? I agreed with him because he was right, as you just said. We've all said we can't stretch teams; we need more pace. The criticism of the back three was you're too short, as I think Andy said it before. We need the right bastard at centre half to partner to partner Smithy, and what he said was it wasn't he wasn't trying to blind us with low block, high block, medium block. He just talked a lot of common sense that I think we can we can all relate to, because it's plainly obvious what we've been lacking, like this season and maybe even a bit during the promotion season, and he's he's addressed those problems. It will be interesting to see. He will live and die, I think, by the recruitment of Flickcroft and Tommy Johnson. As much as it's a big summer for them, Andy Crosby's success 
will depend heavily on who we recruit and how they go about doing it. And I think it's as big a test for them as it is for him. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree. And Andy, obviously, from from them comments, is there anyone, any of them comments, obviously scoring goals is always nice, but has any of them really pricked your ears and said, look, we've been crying out for that for, like Steve just said, 12, 18 months? Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, it's not really rocket science, is it? If you score more goals and concede fewer goals, you're going to win more football matches. Uh, our goal scoring and our goal difference has been shocking this season. So that's that's as Basil Fawlty would say, stating the bleeding obvious. Um, same with, um, you know, about physicality and, and that sort of thing, really. We, we need more athletic players. We need players who... Are, you know whether whether it's uh, height, pure strength, um, athleticism, speed, pace. We need players who are, who are more competitive physically in in all, all departments. So, yeah, I think I think that's. Um, I don't think he said anything that anyone would be surprised to hear. Um, but like Steve says, you know, it's um, he'll be judged on transfer business that he doesn't necessarily have a lot to do with. So it'll be interesting to see what players get recruited, how much of a say he has in that, and um, just just who who we're able to get through the door, really. That, that'll be what um, he lives and dies on. Yeah, he will. And... Do you want to tell you what stood out to me? One of the big things that he said was he was looking for real availability. On and he he referenced the training pitch. Then, do you think that he was having a dig there, Steve? At certain players, maybe Willow, Proctor, Alice, even who has yeah, available. I think that that stood out for me as well. You know, I suspect he'll be pragmatic with the likes of Willow and Ellis, that in the fact that if they can't train, he's the coach, and if they're not training, he can't pick them. And we've all said that being the best player in the treatment room is no good to anybody. And I think there is a, certainly a level where you'll be looking at people and looking at how many games they can play and how consistent they are as well. I mean, you look at someone like Mal Benny, for instance, He's terribly inconsistent, isn't he? And I got and I get the impression from the interview that Crosby's not into that. He would rather have someone who'll give you six out of ten every week than a seven one week, a three another, and then an eight. He seemed to be all about a, a consistency of approach and the ability to get on the pitch. And you know, I'm obviously James Wilson's biggest fan and all that. He's my cousin, but I think that was that really did jump out of the interview. He wants players who are available to him. Yeah, and that was the big thing for me. Andy, off listening to what Steve's just said, I know you've not listened to Crosby's exact words, but do you think that puts the Willow contract in doubt? No more than it probably was anyway. I think the, for the same reasons that he probably has misgivings, or not misgivings, but question marks over um, James Wilson's head are probably reflected by all the other coaching staff director of football at the club and um, 
probably anybody else who would have walked through the door. So I don't think it becomes more of an issue. I think it was already a big issue and would have been a big issue regardless. But yeah, that that certainly is is a reference to to that. Maybe one or two other players, and I don't know if. To be honest, you're angering me out to dry here. I wish you'd have told me listen to the interview, and I would have gone and done it instead of playing Zelda all night. I, um, I, um, yeah, I mean, he could have been referencing a, a few different things, really, whether it's players, whether it's uh, training facilities, whether it's um, the training regime. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we need players who can put a shift in and have got a you know, decent level of fitness. You look at someone like Nathan Smith, who plays 40-something games a season, year in, year out, and we haven't got a lot of other players like him, have we, really? No, and that, and that was that was one of the other things. He, he seemed to give youth a chance previously in, in plant, like trusting Planty in some big games this season. Um, I think... Is that a positive that he's been done that, or do you think that was just a hand he was dealt? Steve? I think it was a hand he was dealt in many ways. I mean, for me, he played plant out. We talked about this last week. He played plant out of position um, in, in the last game of the season. I think it's, I think it's a hand he's, he was dealt. It'd be interesting to see what happens to Tommy and Planty at the start of next season. You know, we've let Tom Peck go. Does this mean that he's going to say to Tommy, you're in the first team squad, grab the opportunity? Or will he look to sign a more experienced player to complement what we've already got? You know, we have got Gavin Massey. I mean, Bez is obviously delighted by that and is sinking 15 pints of strong ale at Johnny's bar to celebrate while he's supposed to be working. So will Planty and Massey be the be the wingers? Or, or again, will he say... Do you know what? Plenty 17. He can play 10 games. He can play 12 games. I want somebody different. I think the acid test will be him and Flickcroft whether they sign a central midfielder and Sonny can play right hand side or whether they'll say, No, Tommy and Plenty are the men. We're going to give you a chance and they'll prioritize left hand side, a tall defender, a centre forward who, who might not be as good as Willow, but will play. 35, 40 games a season. I think you'll get an indication of what sort of manager you'll be when when we see how the squad shaped. And I think you'll also see how confident he is with Carroll and Flickcroft because it takes a confident manager to play kids because you're always... The safe option is to get a 28, 29-year-old who you know what you'll get. Planty could be brilliant one week and bad the next, as any young kid can be. So the manager's got to be confident that two bad defeats and the pressure's not going to be on him. So I think it'll be interesting to see how he uses them and the type of players they bring in. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think the the type of player he brings in is going to be really interesting because that'll, that'll obviously shape the formation-wise because we haven't got a clue if, like, like you mentioned earlier, Three four three is is his way forward, or if that was just a handy with Dalton, we bring in three fullbacks and over the summer, for example, and go start with a back four again. Um, so that that'll be quite quite interesting. Um, 
one of the other things is like we we touched on it earlier, Andy, that you've had Connor all Popey talking about how how much of a nice bloke he is and, and such like that. Do you think that will help Vale as in the long run, the fact that obviously Vale fans love Popey, Vale fans loved Connor all. A lot of fans were shall we say, not the most enthralled by Andy Crosby. Um and if if they're coming out and saying no, you've got a good man, shouldn't that helps at all, Andy? I think it does to a degree, yeah. I mean, certainly, I, I was um, quite pleasantly not surprised, but it, it was it was a nice thing to read, and it makes you think, yeah, it, not so much that he's a nice guy, but he commands respect amongst um, certain play, ex players, and that you know they think he's um, decent at what he does. It, I, I don't necessarily think you want a manager that everybody likes because he's a soft touch or he's um, he's too nice. Sometimes you you still want a manager who's going to be a real bastard to um, to quite a few players in the nicest possible way. But I think it's the fact that yeah he, he he's respected amongst um, the players who who played for him, and that's yeah that that's probably gonna make people sit up and think, yeah, he's got something about him. He's well-respected, well-liked, and he's um, just maybe just takes that edge off it being an un... What's the word I'm looking for? A a bit of a underwhelming appointment. You may be thinking, maybe there's there's more to it than than just giving him the job because he was like the path of least resistance, easy easy get out to, to give to give him the manager. Yeah, I think that's also an easy criticism to throw at the club and it's one that we've all made as well. As you say, the easy option, the path of least resistance was to give Crosby the job. Is that the case or is or, is, or you could flip it around and say, should we if we have we got McCann, would it be easier to get an external manager in because that's what the majority of supporters would would have wanted. So you know, maybe we sell a few more season tickets. But we've gone away from the same old managerial merry-go-round and he's not got like a CV full of failures on his belt, which obviously all managers have. So was it the easy options, Johnny, for you? Because you're asking us the questions. This is one for you. Was Crosby the easy option or was it the brave option? I wouldn't say it was the brave option because I, I do think that there is a aspect of not what's the nicest way to put it there, there, there is an aspect of lack of desire maybe and I don't know if that's fair because I don't think we do I don't think we do lack ambition but part of me does think that you go and get a statement manager get pe- people get excited straight away don't they and, and then people will be sat there going oh do you know what like I wonder who's going to bring in this, that and the other. You start looking at players I've played for and previously and thinking, do you know what? They've got a good calibre of, of player under the belts. Um, you look at when we signed Clarkie, though, people were very underwhelmed by it. People like, we've taken Warsaw's manager, the mid-table in the same league as us, and we're taking them. Is that on the back of the fact that they smashed us twice? So you can't, I don't think you can read too much in, in, into it. And, but I, I do think that 
there is part of me steers towards it's a safer option than going complete unknown. And that's not just safer for the board, it's safer for the players that are remaining, it's safer for some of the players that we're trying to re-sign. It's not completely tearing it up, maybe. And maybe they have sat down and said, right, we're built to play three at the back, Andy, so this is what you want. And we've interviewed other people that have said they want to they want to rip that up and start all over again. So I'd expect there have been a lot of conversation. I expect that he's strong enough to stand up and be counted for in, in an interview and in front of Carol and Flick, Flickcroft. But I also think that he understands where the club's been in this transition. So might be a bit get, might be a bit forgiving because he did mention um, one of the things I noticed. He did mention about spending money wisely, um, which kind of lent me towards not that we're skint, but we are we are going to be looking and trying to get the best the best value for money. And I know that's kind of the case all the time, isn't it? But fans always want you to go and sign the best player. You, you're looking now at players that have been released from clubs and already people are looking and going, oh, X player that's been released is is brilliant. And you, you go, yeah, he is, but look who he's linked to. Like, he's linked to championship clubs and we're, we're not in that pool at the minute. Yeah, and that sort of follows on because while I'm asking the question, <laughs> while I'm asking the questions, and... Um, in the past, Askey, notorious for raiding Macclesfield in, plays he, in teams he went been before. Clarky wasn't adverse to signing players he's had before. Ellis Harrison was a notable success, less so Rory Holden. Crosby does not have that bank of work behind him. So is it an advantage or a disadvantage that he's kind of got a clean slate? No one can say, oh, he's only signing XYZ because he played for him at, when he was assistant to Nigel Atkins somewhere. You know, or will it totally, do you think, fall on Flickcroft and Tommy Johnson to present him with the signings? And when he gets them, a bit like giving the kid a, a train set at Christmas, they should train set, build it to the best of your ability. So, I think, yeah, I think people had already labelled it at him anyway, even when he was assistant manager. The signing of Aaron Donnelly, for example, people were like, yeah, use it as a stick to beat Flickcroft with, not as one to beat Crosby with. But they were just like, oh, look at that, Flickcroft's done nothing. They've signed someone that Andy Crosby was coached as an assistant for Northern Ireland's under-21s for 12 months or however long he was there for. So I think I think no matter what happens, there's going to be kind of kind going to be that stick to beat somebody with. You look at, he's, a, he's got good links with Southampton. He helped us get Thierry Small, and I know that wasn't a success. But who was that down to? Was that down to us? Was that down to him? Was that down to both sort of things? Do you know what I mean? Like you, you don't bring in a left back, left wing back and stick him up front. But I think what we've got to do is we've got to see what sort of manager is, what sort of players he gets brought in. See, see how you, can, you might be able to get a flair for if he's had a choice then because you kind of like, you, you look at players that Flickcroft's had before, you kind of know the mould of player he, he's probably looking for. Like, you look at James Vaughan, for example, that sort of striker. I think Alice has 
a similar sort of mould to, to how Vaughan was in, in terms of putting himself about a built striker. But that we obviously did leverage the fact that Clarky got on with him and he speaks highly of him. And I think it's daft not to leverage that in football. I mean, when you've got a man that's been involved in football for so long, you're daft not to speak to Crosby and say, look, who are your mates with and what have they got? But you're also, I don't think you should just lean on that and, as a tried and tested because them sort of people are getting older. Some of them might be late 30s now from when he when he was managing them at Southampton, for example. Some of them have probably retired. So there, there, there's that as well. So I, I do think it's going to be interesting what happens in the next few weeks. And one, one thing I do want to say is I would expect complete radio silence now for probably the next 10 days from the club. I don't want people to get tetchy that we haven't signed anyone in the next few days. Contracts don't expire till July. I, th- I think you can't, you can't offer players a deal until after the four weeks if they've been offered one. So you're looking at, depending on who we're going for, depends on the stage of it. So I, I really don't expect us to make any signings in the next few in the next week or so. But I think for, one of the big things I wanted to ask both of you, um, and that's similar, it's on the back of the signings thing, is do you think the first signing will will add more pressure to Crosby. So, and like, if, if say, if we went and signed someone and it's an underwhelming signing, do you think that adds more pressure to Crosby at all, Andy? Not by anyone whose opinion counts, I don't think. Um, a couple of years ago, I think the first signing we signed in that big summer we had was Brad Walker, which, you know, wasn't a particularly, it was, wasn't a, a, a statement signing. But it's just, just you know, sometimes the players who come early on are the ones who maybe haven't got as many clubs after them and can, um, you know, the the and the players who can sort of play a club against another club are going to take the time a little bit more over the close season. So the order you sign your players in isn't important. It doesn't doesn't matter at all. It's just about where you are when the new season starts and when you've done all your business. So um, people will will start getting tetchy, you know. But you've got to you've got to judge it when 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 the job's finished. Yeah, and Steve, Steve, with 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 that sort of thing, if it was your choice, what would be the first position that you'd look for to to improve? I would look to sign a centre forward. If Wilson goes, I would look to sign a centre forward and a goalkeeper, but a statement goalkeeper. You know, I think the three of us were at Morecambe. Colin Ripley's available, just gone down. He might have better options, he might have our price range. But if we sign a keeper who was known to be much better than Stone, I think that's a big thing. If we sign a keeper who's just very similar to, as we said before, I think that's a waste. I think the most important positions, two positions on the pitch, are centre forward and keeper. And if we were to make a statement by signing someone decent who's known, I think that could help. But unlike Andy, it doesn't really matter when they sign. It's all about 
when we st- when we start in August. And let's hope to God we don't start in August with Tommy up front, paired up with Planty because we haven't signed anybody else, and we're making a huge amount of excuses why we haven't done it. Whether it's the Robbie Williams concert, the playoff final, the pitch being dug up, Carol's been away, or whatever it might be. We need to have a squad ready to go in August because last year was a shower shit and they make all these excuses how much um, how much door you can give those excuses or how taken in by you are. depends on you individually. But whatever squad we have, let's hope it's ready to go for the first game of the season. Yeah, I think I think you can you can get away with a couple of positions not filled by that first game of the season because the window doesn't end till later on. But I'd, I'd expect them to be loan signings from Premier League clubs, not permanent signings. Um, I think you want to get your core of your squad in by then. You want we, we know that we've got five or six that we're looking to re-sign at the minute. I think I'd hopefully hear, hear something from them sooner rather than later. I don't think it's going to be a difficult decision to most of them to make. Um, and on, on that sort of note, how much do you read into social media, Andy? So, for example, on Instagram today, Vale have put the post on that Andy Crosby's the new manager and one of our out-of-contract players, Dan Jones, has given it a cheeky little like. Um, do you think that helps the chances of us keeping him if, if, if he's doing that? Because he's obviously consciously liked the post, so he obviously likes the guy. I doubt it has a great deal of um, um influence either way you know what what will keep dan jones at vale will be the numbers on on the contracts offer and it'll yeah it'll be whatever whatever money we offer him or whatever other contractual conditions there are um you know he, he can like a lot of things and i'm, I'm sure he does i i, I don't i I don't know. I'm not very good at Instagram. I'm not very good at social media at all. So um, he could have liked it for for a number of reasons. Um, I wouldn't read a great deal into it. Fair enough, Steve. How about you? Are you are you a old romantic and read 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 into that as a Dan Jones is staying? That that's brilliant news. Or are you in Andy's camp of? He probably likes the bloke, and that's that's all you, all you got to say, really. You're on mute, Steve. It's my laptop. Sorry, it's the gin, <laughs> the laptop, and the buttons. The space bar is the space bar, which should turn off your be on mute, is now turning off my camera, and I'm not sure how I've done that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm a, I'm a cynical bastard, basically. And I believe that players sign for money and their options. If Dan Jones has got no other options, it does him no harm to crack on what a great bloke Crosby is. And if he gets and if he gets a better offer elsewhere, he can go anyway. Anyway, but if he doesn't, he can say, "Oh, I always like Crosby." I think it's more nuanced than that, and I don't particularly understand Instagram. So I know they get some nice pictures of cats on there sometimes. And I've seen James Wilson play lots of rounds of golf, but I'm not sure it has a benefit, has any sort of gives you an indication of whether they're going to sign for the club or not. I think it all boils down to to money and personal circumstances, really. And I think that will be the driver for who we sign and who we don't sign. 
yeah, Huskies are my personal favourite on Instagram. They just, I, I love Huskies. I could never own one because they just shed hair all over the place. But they're absolutely gorgeous, aren't they? Um, may, maybe Dan Jones just, you know, when you accidentally double tap on a picture, you think you're going to make it bigger and you end up liking it. I think that's what you do on Instagram, isn't it? Yes, it's I like, insane. I like sorry, I like dwarves falling over on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else then. No, no, just dwarves. You know, like they do like dwarves. You know, like on um, oh god, the film. Oh, the film where they, where they film dwarves at the Dark Wars. I'm not anti dwarves. Um, oh. Jackass. No, 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 no. Um, the bloke makes all the money selling shares. He's a con man of fraud. Ponzi scheme. Um, oh, Wall Street. Wolf, 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 Wolf Wall Street, yeah. It's a bit like that. You've got these dwarves and bad things happen to them. Now, you know. I've got no problem with dwarves. I'm a massive fan of them. But to see them forward over, I like that on Instagram. But that's just me. Fair enough. There you go. That, 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 if, if Sarah's listening, you haven't got to worry about Steve looking at women. It's 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 the dwarves being thrown at dartboards and falling over that the issue is. Yeah. So I've got a proper Bez dad joke that I'm not going to do because it's politically incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're better leave. than that. We're better than that. Yeah, I'll I'll leave it. <laughs> but if anyone does want it, just just Randy <laughs> messages and he'll send it you over. Hit up Andy on Instagram and he'll double like it by mistake. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the, the 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 main thing is at the minute is we know now. I got really frustrated this morning. Um, it's like it's almost like Carol Luton thought, oh shit, I better better appease him because he's going to keep moaning on that podcast otherwise. But I, I was I was really frustrated this morning because I saw Grant McCann go in at Doncaster and they sacked Schofield three days ago, and I was like, we sacked Clark four weeks ago. We, what are we dicking around at? And I get that the club said they weren't going to start the process, whatever, till the end of the season. That to me is bollocks. I don't, I, I don't believe that that was, that was ever going to be the thing. Okay, Johnny, then stop stopping you there. Did they actively interview anybody else? Were they interested in anybody else? Or was it always Crosby's job? What do you both think of that? I feel like we must have, must have looked elsewhere because it's taken five days sort of thing to get the contract over the line. And I'd say probably longer than five days because Crosby indicated after after Plymouth that there'll be news this week sort of thing. So I think we must have looked, but not not extensively spoke to people. Andy, you've got a wide range of contacts. <laughs> <laughs> All really? the tourists are reliable. Um, did, we did we interview anybody else? And were we seriously looking at external candidates? I don't think we actively looked. I think we maybe dipped a toe in the water. Um, I don't think you have to sort of go out there and, and look. I think agents just throw CVs at you regardless these days. It'd be like, I'm sure we we were contacted by the agents of plenty of out-of-work managers, um, just seeing where the land lay um, we probably looked at who was contacting us, weighing that up against Plan A, which is probably Andy Crosby. And in the end, we stuck with 
what was probably already on the cards from the start. I don't think, you know, there wasn't a huge amount of speculation about who the manager would I think I think we all knew deep down if, if anyone was putting money on the next manager after Daryl Clark left about however many weeks ago it was, we all probably would have put money on Crosby, wouldn't we? So I, I don't think, well, it's obviously it's not a surprise, and I don't think realistically we would have looked um, anywhere. You know, we, we all said Andy Crosby's got a really, um, you know, he's got to shit the bed to, to not get this job permanently. And, and he didn't shit the bed. We won one game. Yeah, against Team on the Beach. Team on the Beach, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Had we gone down, would you have got it then? Um, question. I, yeah, I think he would have. And this is what the, this is the thing that made me kind of question the weight. Because you can't... You couldn't, you couldn't portion the blame of relegation on Andy Crosby unless we played a team like Bristol Rovers who were on the beach and we catastrophically fucked it. Do you know what I mean? So I think he was always he, he was always plan A, like Andy's just said. Um, I do just think that sometimes do you just get it over the line? And I get if we would have just said, Clark's gone, Crosby's the new manager, and then we went and got relegated. It starts him off on on a back foot, doesn't it? But then you're then putting pressure on yourself to make sure you get it right if we did go down. Obviously, we haven't, so absolute bonus. And we're now at the stage of we've got four weeks, would you say, until the players come back? Five weeks, maybe, until they come back? Into pre-season, is it mid-June usually? Yeah, about that, isn't it? So we, we've got four, four. We'll, we'll say four weeks. We've got four weeks to shape the majority of your squad. You probably want, what, 14, 15 first, te- first team players in at that stage when, when you're coming back for pre-season, don't you? And we'll have, if everyone signed, we'd have 40, I think 13, would we? Everyone signed, if I can... If, if I remember correctly. So we've got to expect one, two, maybe three of them don't sign. Um and then and, and then we then, then it's the job for, for Crosby then. Um so yeah, I think my last my my last question for both of you, um start with you Steve on 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 this one is do you think that it now changes the pool that we're fishing in in terms of playing quality we can bring in? No, I don't think it does. I think, again, if we're offering the right money to the right players, and I don't know how the club's... The club was always portrayed as a place that really looked after the players up until last season. I'm not sure if that is still the case I wouldn't have a clue from what you hear. We're not the cuddly, feely place that we we portray ourselves to be. No, I, I think the playing pool we attract is still the same. Flick Cross been along, been along around a long time. Tommy Johnson's been crunching playing football manager a long time. So you know they know where they're going. Crosby is a decent coach. 
and everyone says he's a fundamentally decent man. So when they're talking to players, if that comes across, I don't think he does change the pool of players, Rafa, to be honest. I think we're fishing in the same pond whoever the manager was, to be honest, because your budget is your budget, your director of football is your director of football, and your recruitment team, your recruitment team. There might be a case of where a manager comes in who's got a really strong relationship with the player, and that might tip it over the edge, but I don't think it makes a massive difference, personally. Andy, how about you? I, I agree with Steve, absolutely. I think wage budget and... Yeah, wage expectations of the players that we're looking for will dictate that. I think we're probably fishing in a similar pond to the likes of Fleetwood and Shrews. There's a bit of a glass ceiling in the league still, and I don't think we're ready to push on into the sort of the teams looking to sneak into the playoffs. I think we're very much, um, I don't know, it's, it's all very much of a muchness still between sort of mid table and, and the bottom. So, it's just a case of we're, we're trying to get well, well recruited, well scouted players um, who were very much sort of slap bang in the middle of League One. And if we do good business, um, we should stay away from um, another twitchy sort of end of season relegation. Um, Dogfight, well, not dogfight, but that sort of worry about um, whether we'll get sucked in or not. But I yeah, don't think exactly. we're, we're, we're quite, I, I think a budget will dictate that, we, you know, we're not going to, we haven't quite got that about us to, to really push into the sort of the top half playoff push. If, yeah, the budget, if, yeah, if the budget is the same as last year, which is what they indicated, are we in a stronger position this preseason? Or last preseason, do we have? A, we I think we've got a better chance to, to shape the squad this time round because players are out of contract, and we've got Ellis already on the on the books. who's a proven League One striker. You know, Smithy signed up again. Are we in a better position with this season or last? We've got more time this season, or are we much for much? This would you say? I'd say we've got a, we're in a better position because we're not um, we haven't got a lot of. To players who we've signed, you know, this time last year we we had a lot of players who were one year into a two year contract to play and were signed for League Two, and we got promoted to League One, and maybe we wouldn't, you know, probably sure we wouldn't have signed a lot of them if if the situation was we were signing them to play in League One. Now we've got a blank canvas. We can look at whether, um, for example, are we, are we getting value for Wilson? We've got um, Lucas, who I don't know how much he was on, but that's a clean slate. Now we can look at getting um, at least one proper League One standard goalkeeper in. And, and all over the squad, there, there are little improvements we can make because we're, we are actually recruiting for League One and we haven't got players. I don't think there's any player who is still on a contract who we haven't renewed from the League Two, football from from two seasons ago, if, okay. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Perversely, does the does the January transfer window now look better? Because what you've just said, Walker, League Two player, Charlesy, League Two player, Connor Hall, more debatable. 
Well, does the January transfer window, which we all think was poor, now look better? Because it does give us a blank, a blank, a bigger canvas, a blank, blanker canvas, if that's the correct phrase. Or had we still got those players to get rid of, would it make it more difficult? You've still got to look after um, business, haven't you? And you, you know, we're in the business of winning games of football week in, week out. And, and the business that we didn't do in January meant that we um, we, we coasted and we, we went a bit off the rails and we stopped winning games and yeah, we lost momentum and, and all. And yeah, in in retrospect, we might we might look at that and say, well. The proof's in the pudding, isn't it? It all depends in how um, how good a business we actually do end up doing this summer, and if if we do have a similar budget to last year, and if yeah, if if we do very good business, and part of it is because we didn't spend the money in January because we're trying to. Um, because we were holding back until this summer, then, then fair enough, I'll hold my hands up. What it did strike me is we didn't do particularly good business in January because we didn't have the means to. And, and I, I do think some somewhere um, the rug has been pulled and, and um, the budget wasn't there to be spent. So we... We'll have to see. We'll find out a lot in this um, in this summer as to you know the sort of players that we sign, what sort of what sort of plays we're in for, as to what sort of budget we get, and and what realistically our ambitions are, are going to be next season. But you know it, that is like we said, that is where Andy Crosby's reputation is going to live or die is is on, is on player recruitment and. You know that that's going to be done for him to to a large extent, and um, that is where we we really need to get cracking. Because as good yeah. a manager as Andy Crosby is, the the players he's got at his disposal um, need to be a lot better. Yeah, they do. And I I when when we spoke about that Carol interview about her saying January was good. Um, I said then financially, from her point of view, I think it was a good January. I think when you look at what you've just said, the fact that Charles Lee went, okay, he went on a free, but it freed up his wage. And then you look at, we got money for Walker, we got money for Connor All, both had six months left on the deal. Financially, it was a good January. I don't think Matty Taylor come in cheap. Granted, he came in under a cloud, so Oxford probably wanted him gone. Um, but I still don't believe that he came in cheap, um, especially not to a team that was in the same league as them. Uh, but I do think that we we amended the budget. It looks like it was a good January to answer your original question now, Steve, on the basis of that we've survived. Yeah. So that sense, yes, we're we're clean slate now. We're at a position where barring one or two that we're, we're probably Vale well, fans especially are going to be on the fence of if Warrell signs for example it's it, it's good, if he doesn't it's not a disaster but um, I do I do think now it's it, it's 
a kind of do or die for Flickcroft and Co. This if the, if this doesn't go right, this this now falls solely at his feet. He's he's in charge of everything that touches football. So this this next six months, whilst Andy Crosby is the football manager, it, the, it, the be all and end all of it is he's a head coach, isn't he? That we haven't quite got to the the title yet of what a, a manager that works under a director of football is. He yeah he has come in as manager, hasn't he? Not head coach, but. Yeah. We know we know under a director of football you are a head coach. You are there to coach the players that you're given. So yeah, he alluded think... to that. Didn't, he alluded to that, didn't he? That very point yeah. you're making. Yeah, and and that that's that, that was one of the bits that I thought was quite was quite impressed. I was quite impressed by him with because he he does seem very aware of the setup, and obviously he's been here long enough, but. He, he feels comfortable in that setup. Yeah. If we lose the first five games of the next season, whose head is being shouted for? Crosby or Flickcroft or both? Who's most... I, I agree with what you just said, Johnny. I think there's a huge amount of pressure on Flickcroft. He's not the most popular chaps at the club, but rightly or wrongly, there's a perception that he only works two days a week and it's two million quid a year for the privilege of working two days a week, one of which he does at home. Who's under most pressure, Flickcroft or Crosby? Flickcroft, I think, if this goes wrong. I think there's... This is going to sound really horrible now, and it's not meant to sound as horrible as it's going to come across, but I think there is zero expectation on Andrew Crosby. So I think the moment it goes wrong is the moment that everybody guns towards Flickcroft's head. Um that we, we know that there was we know that there was a lot of animosity towards him anyway. Um so I think the moment this goes wrong that that's where it 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 goes. And and I agree this time around the book does stop there. I think we people were a bit annoyed that we got rid of Clark and stuff like that, and we obviously we we doesn't feel like it was solely down to football reasons. Well, I don't think we'll ever know why Clark went, but you know, two wins in eighteen wasn't good enough, and now it's kind of a clean slate. We 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 looked at what two seasons under Flickcroft's guidance, technically now a promotion and survival, you've got to say that they've been two successful seasons, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. Proofs in the pudding again of what happens now. Do we kick on? If we finish 12th next season, that's three successful seasons under him. And you've got, you've then got to kind of go, he may know what he's doing. If if, If the first five games do end in defeat and... I don't mean to be disrespectful, but we've played Stevenage, Leighton Orient, Shrewsbury, Lincoln in that, them first five, and you're thinking, fuck, this is going to be a long one. If it was Chef Wednesday, because they're going to be in the league next season after being trounced 4-0 tonight, um, if it is them, Derby, etc., you might look at it differently and think, oh, actually, we lost to teams that we, we probably expect to. It's it's all about performance in them first few games for me. 
and I think that'll be that'll be vital. Andy, what about you? Where's it? Who's got the gun against the head? The revolver and the bottle of whiskey. I I think the way the modern football is that managers are still the ones that are under pressure when things go wrong, even when they're not making the the majority of the decisions in the way that they used to in the old days when they were very much autocratic. Nowadays, you've got um, all the head coach, you know, you've got the director of football, you've got all the recruitment specialists, all all the other bits and bobs going on. Um, the manager's job is pretty much to prepare the team for a Saturday. He's not necessarily one making the decisions about um, who he recruits, but still, when things go wrong, he'll be the one that has the... Um, that gets the flack and gets the pressure. So it'll depend in, entirely, I think, on how we lose the first five games, if if indeed we do. If it looks like we've signed some decent signings on paper who aren't doing the business, who are underperforming, then, yeah, I think Crosby gets um, a bit of pressure out of that. If we've done poor business in the transfer market and and it's become apparent that Andy Crosby's trying to get a tune out of a load of signings that aren't really much cop, then you start asking questions about what the small army of coaches, recruitment people, analysts, scouts and everyone else have been doing all summer. And I think, yeah, Andy Crosby doesn't necessarily get get the heat in that scenario. So I, I I do think, you know, a lot of us aren't daft. We, 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 we can see with our own eyes what's going on and how, how it pans out will be, you know, the how is going to be just as important as the what, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so. And Steve, another, another person I've just seen that's been released, um, Jamal Blackman's been released from Exeter. Yes. So. If we sign him, that's a massive statement because he'll want big money, won't he? You know, why has he been released by Exeter? Um, was he not? Am I right? I think that he wasn't in the team at the end of the season. Was that because of injury? Was it anything to do with that thing that went on in the nightclub? Yeah, I was, I was missing that. Yeah, <laughs> that was that with Giovanni Brown, or was that a different one? Because I know that Giovanni Brown hasn't played for six months after being top goal scorer because he got in a bit of bother. Um, that's still within the courts, so there's not much about what's gone on. I th- there was a night out. There were a few players in the night out, and there was a kerfuffle. And I think maybe he's the one that's had the worst of the legal stuff that's going on, shall we say? But yeah. I do think there are other players involved, and. Also, Exeter changed managers, didn't they, when um, Matt Taylor went to Rotherham? Yeah. So, um, the, the new managers come in and maybe just didn't fancy him because when they came in the league, they had a different keeper to... I'm sure Jamal Blackman played in the FA Cup game, but he was a different keeper. Was it um, Gary Woods, Doncaster ex-keeper? Somebody like that played in the, in the league game in February anyway. So, um, it might have just been that, yeah, a new manager came in didn't fancy him. He had a one-year contract and he's gone. 
maybe I think were we in for him last summer and, and wages were a bit of a sticking point? I don't well, know. Wasn't it? Or... But I think his ship might have sailed anyway. Blackman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Blackman would be, he's, he's known to fans. That's the first thing, you know. You've heard a lot more about football than me, like players and stuff. But Blackman, you know, to someone, if we sign Blackman, a lot of people say, yeah, we know Blackman, we know he's a good keeper. We've seen him play for Exeter. He was at Chelsea, he's a big lad and all that sort of stuff. So, but is it easy to sign someone like him because he's known or to take a chance on someone who's who's lesser known and, the, and there's more risk than that if it goes wrong, isn't it? If Blackman signed and he was no good, you could legitimately say, well, hang on, he's been a good keeper for years. But X, Y, Z, if you're signed, you would take a complete chance on him and he's too cheap. Well, this is this is where our staff earn the money, isn't it? By finding the players who aren't necessarily yeah. on, you know, anybody can anybody can sign players you, that are well-known and you've heard of. They're not going to be cheap. Um, if you can scout a player who maybe isn't well-known and isn't maybe commanding the same sort of money and you can get value from that, that that's that, that's the job of our our staff, you know, anybody can tell a good wine by looking at the price on the wine list, if that makes sense. Um, you don't and, and you know you pay decent wages for players, and, and you'll get um, you'll probably get a decent standard of player because um, they command their value in the market. Um, Another play- I know we spoke about Connor Ripley, didn't we, earlier? We did. Yeah. Um, he's another player who I've watched his dad play against Vale, and that makes me feel old. Who's Remember his dad? Stuart, Stuart Ripley? Oh, Stuart Ripley. Yeah. The one with Ex- the Blackburn. And Middlesbrough, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Didn't realise that. I should have done, because they're, they're both sort of quite blonde lads, aren't they? They are, yeah. No, you say it. Although um, Connor Ripley's a bit more buff than his dad. Yeah, yeah. Connor Ripley's a big bastard. I think that's the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, he took the banter yeah. well as well, didn't he? At Morecambe when we played against him, he yeah, was, he seemed to have a bit about him, didn't he? I, th- I think he's the sort of keeper that would Vale fans would fall in love with as well. Yeah, I do as well. Yeah, I really do. I also think he's the sort of keeper that if he did throw one in his net, would also tell you go fuck yourself when you were giving him grief. Yeah, so yeah, could all could also backfire. The other way around, um, but I, I, I think like, and you, you just hit the nail on the head there. Really, I, I wanted to interrupt you when you were talking and ask you if you wanted another Chris. Like, I was going to say, so you don't want another Chris Evans because how you were talking, it proper reminded me of Partridge when, when he was going on. But I think you're right. We want another Connor All, don't we? Like anyone can go out and go. Cole Stockton's free. Sam Smith's free. Etc. 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 And we'd all love one, two of that caliber player. But you want Connor All come in. You want someone that everyone goes, mm, all right, we've signed a player, but him turn out to be fuck Kelly's player. Yeah. I think what we're what a lot you know what seems to be the theme of this thing is that Crosby's success is he is known to be able to coach players. 
he is known to be a good coach. His success, he is going to stand and fall by whether they can produce a keeper from nowhere, another Connor Hall, a centre forward who's played in the reserve team somewhere, who will score 15, 20 goals. I'm not sure that, unless he does something ridiculous, that Crosby is... Would you, would you really say that Crosby is in complete control of his own destiny or his destiny is set by, by the other people at the club? Because that's what I'm starting to come round to. I'd like to think that any 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 football manager has got has got a say in the player, not necessarily saying right. He is the player. He, he these are the ten players I want you to sign. Go and do it. Not necessarily that, but I'd like to think that we go right. Okay, Andy, you've t- what do you want? And he goes right. Okay. Dave, we're planning on next season playing a 4-3-3. So I need a right winger, a left winger, and a target man. And then Flitcroft goes out, him and the recruitment team do their bit and go, right, we've got these three wingers, these three strikers, which one tickles your pickle most? And it it goes at it that way. So it's a combined recruitment. So it's not necessarily Crosby saying, I know this player, but he gets a say in the player. Because he did talk about characters, he did talk about personality and stuff like that in his interview, and I know that's kind of the the club tagline sort of thing, but he did talk about that as well. So I think I'd like to think that it's not it's not all in Flitcroft's hands whether Crosby succeeds, but I also do think that the majority of the signings won't necessarily be players he he goes and says I want him specifically yeah, you would hope that in the past four months our recruitment team have been butting their balls to have a list of realistic targets who will do us a good job won't they it shouldn't be a surprise to them now the type of players we need and the positions we need to fill they should know that already they should be working on it in their secret room, which no one's allowed in, there should be lists on the wall of four left-backs, two centre-halves, centre-forwards, top target, second target, third target. They should know. We've paid these people money. We're a professional club. We've revolutionised scouting and all that sort of crap. So they tell us. So they should know they're after it and they should be ready to go and get them. Yeah, for the last three or four months of the season, it's been Groundhog Day, hasn't it? Yeah, where yeah. with the same sort of types of goals conceded, the same errors, and the same glaring issues in in the team. So yeah, they should have known what we needed from from quite a long time ago. My own my only thing against that was I agree that they should do. It's whether that stays the same now, because. They could have been saying, right, we need a left wing back. And Crosby might turn around and say, no, we need a left back because of what I'm doing. So I think it all depends on who who has that say, whether that is your director of football that sets the footballing strategy and says, we play three, three, whatever, or whether your manager dictates formation and then everything else is built around it. You would- the manager has to dictate formation, surely to the goodness. You know, 
I, I think I get what you're saying, and I, and I agree that, but surely the players are recruited to the system that the manager wants to play. Because if you if you're doing that, then Flitcroft might as well be manager. If he's saying Luke would play this way, that way, it's got to be down to the manager. Um, Hopefully, he's got more than one formation in mind as well. You would, yeah, yeah, not three. It should four, be three, one more than we've had last season. Somebody might be. I don't know. Does that sound harsh? Certainly, really? we, try, we we play two formations, but we variants have... are the same one, really. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree. There's three, four, three, three, five, two. Sometimes it was difficult to tell the difference between them. I think I think for me it was more the fact that we never changed between the two of them in game either, like because when we did it it was very much much of a muchness. Whereas you'd you'd hope that if if things weren't going well, we, we've got enough about us, like you say, to make that tweak to go right. Actually, we need change formation in this to to do something. So I do I am I am interested to see see where it goes. Um. I'm happier now we've had this chat and now we've sat down and thought about it and, and looked at it. Um, I think it's safe to say that Crosby's got everyone's backing from the pod. Yeah, definitely. When, yeah. Not, none of us were jumping off a seat celebrating like a 90th minute winner when it was announced. But on the flip side, none of us are absolutely depressed and we're not sitting there like Bez would be thinking shit, we've signed Danny Cowley and I've, I've got to look up in the air and Andy's thinking, well, I sit, I, I, I'm in the railway stand so I'm going to miss 90% of the football because it's above the roof. So, I mean, I'm all next that, season anyway, so as long as you get rid of the scoreboard, I should be all right. Have, yeah, you, have, you, have you moved, Andy? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Ask me again about five games into the season, I might, I might be regretting it. This is gonna be this, this. This could be brilliant. Bez might actually have to be a rotational guest here. I'm staying in the paddock. Steve's in Wall Street. You're an animal. Get three angles of this, and we'll all be wrong. Yeah, Bez might have bigger fish to fry this time next year. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a migration. He's a migration. Oh, that's, this is how rumours start, Stephen. Yeah, any last thoughts on Crosby, Andy? Yeah, um, going back to something that maybe you said five, ten minutes ago, um, I think he's he's got enough about him and he's got enough respect in the game that if we sign the right players for him, if we give him the right raw materials, um, the right individuals, he, he, he can gel them and mould them into a team. So it's all about what we do in this summer in terms of recruitment. Um, getting the right players and there's no reason why he shouldn't um, galvanise them into a into a solid League One side. Steve, final thoughts? I agree 100% with Andy. If the recruitment's right, I've got enough faith in Crosby to, to do a decent job. I do have my concerns that if we start off badly and the recruitment's bad, he, he will have no sort of honeymoon period. I think that could be an issue. But, you know, we've sat here for an hour and I'm even more positive than I was before, to be honest. So, you know, and the word dog shit has not been used until then on this podcast either, which will yeah. disappoint best fans. 
well, that, that that's it. We don't want to disappoint them all. So there you go. Um, Bez will be Bez will be back to tell you what he thinks of Gavin Massey on Wednesday. <laughs> um, but no, um, we will be back on Wednesday. Myself, Bez, and um, hopefully Mike Bagley. Um, he's just got to check with his his, his new gaffer, but doesn't see it being an issue. So well, congrats, Mike, on the on the new new role. Um, you will be missed at the Sentinel if we if we don't speak to you next week. Um, and also, got to say that we now have got to get behind Andy Crosby, and that's the big message. It's you support Port Vale Football Club. We now support Andy Crosby and the boys. And let's let let's all hope and pray because Vale fans are. I believe don't always do this. Let's all hope and pray it goes well, because yeah. there is some people that prefer failure to success. Um, we we will see it on social media quite a lot, um, and obviously that's a small representation. But let's get behind him, buy season tickets, get in the ground, and I'd say the first game of the season. But looking at, looking at the fact that there's no grass on the pitch now. Um, can't imagine that's that's going to be a home game now, but let's hope that gets turned around very quickly. But yeah, things are, things are going well. So my big thing would be let's the plaster's been ripped off. Have have your moan now, reset and regroup, and let's let let's support him and let's see who he brings in. And then when when he's first signing as a as a twenty one year old on loan from Stoke, that's when you kick off. Can I just say, if it all goes horribly next season, then I want to disown everything I've said tonight. Please don't hold it against me. It's the, it's the it's the bottle of Marks and Spencer's red. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not not ashamed to say that. <laughs> screw top or a cork, Andy? It's it's screw top. Um, I haven't got a cork screw. The future. <laughs> Let's be fair. Who, who needs a screw? Who needs a screw top or, or, or whatever? You ne- you're never putting the cork back in wine, are you? Once yeah. Well, I mean, you might not have a corkscrew to hand. You might you might be on on the way home, uh, on the bus, on on a park bench. You don't you don't know when when you yeah. you might need to to open a bottle of wine in an emergency. Versatility, a bit like a player who can play in three positions. A bottle of wine with a screw top has all the advantages. I think it's just snobbery that uh, drive people back to corks. Absolutely. And wine waiters doing that nifty little thing and ex- you know, an expansive releasing of the cork. No, no. You know, in the modern era of wine drinking, your screw top is the, the way forward. Do you, ever, do you ever mess it up and you, you, there's no other thing to do than just push the cork right through and have just a little yeah. bobbing on, on the wine? That Yeah, so that's probably the safest thing, really. There we go. Right, so that's, that's me done. That's, that's yeah, good one we... advice. So, well, I say we'll we'll be back Wednesday with 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 a podcast uh, reviewing the season. Um, so I would definitely say probably listen to the first forty minutes and then turn off. You don't want to get utterly utterly depressed. Um, but until then, Andy Crosby's Black and White Army have an ale and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. 
What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.